This podcast is brought to you by A to C Academy. Reach your fullest potential. Welcome to today's fireside chat between two amazing women, Dr. Elizabeth Xu and Microsoft、uh, CVP Julia Liu. My name is Daniel Chu, and、uh, engineering manager at Microsoft. Our first speaker, Dr. Liu. Became a C-level、uh, corporate executive in 2005. She has served in two CTO positions、uh, of billion-dollar companies. She's now the CEO of A2C Academy. Atatolis is a well-recognized community leader and executive mentor. She was named as top 50 diversity leader in the United States. In 2020, received a presidential award in 2019, a global leadership award in 2018, named the Women in Technology International Hall of Fame Award in 2017, and Women of Influence in Silicon Valley in 2013. Our guest speaker is、uh, Julia Lucen,、uh, uh, the corporate vice president of Microsoft's. Uh, developer division. She leads the technical and business strategy, product development, and engineering teams for Visual Studio, Visual Studio Code, .NET, and developer services and platform for Azure.、Uh, Visual Studio and Visual Studio Code are consistently voted as the best co-editing tools for. Developers in the industry. Julia was the first woman leading development teams and promoted to CEP of engineering at Microsoft. Elizabeth and Julia, stage is yours. Ah, thank you so much, Daniel. It's really great、uh, to have your warm and、uh, you know really great、uh, introduction for、uh, for me and also Julia. And then, since Silicon Valley is so hot, so I use my virtual background to bring a a fake fire. But still,、uh, we can do this、uh, remote、uh, fireside chat with Julia. So I I first say I met Julia at Palato. I think the first time we met was at the, the Microsoft Executive Event, and I was invited to attend there. I I I saw this beautiful lady. And she's very. She was very humble, and she was very caring. I said, "Wow, who is this lady?" And then I got her name card. I said, "Wow, CVP." And she's so humble. I was very, very impressed. So later on, and Julia, I invited Julia to have lunch, and、uh, we had a really spicy、uh, lunch, and it was really great.、Uh, we chat a lot, Julia. You know, I, did I say it right? We met at the Palato. Absolutely. Actually,、uh, the truth is that we at Microsoft have been trying to hire Elizabeth for a long time, and she's very difficult to recruit.、Uh, so that was it was recruiting event. We were really looking for the who is who in the Silicon Valley, trying to build those connections.、Uh, yeah, so that's where I met Elizabeth, and then、uh, later on, I, you know, I asked her to have another conversation and trying to convince her to join us again at Microsoft and. Uh, and that's when we were having lunch and all of that. And 
I hope to come from the Bay Area one of these days when the when the pandemic's over and uh, continue our connection, Elizabeth. Yeah, so Julia gave me a great example that she can turn a recruit and uh, someone she tried to recruit into a personal friend. And not only just a personal friend, as someone that really admire her uh, professionalism, her great personality and uh, her humbleness. So I, this, this is why when I thought about who will be the advisory board for the APAC WT, the first person I thought about was Julia because Julia for her expertise, leadership, and her humbleness, her willingness to help out the community. And that's why, and I asked Julia, she, she said, yes, I, I'm so thrilled because I will have more chance to work with Julia. Same here, the admiration, the admiration goes both ways. Yeah, so uh, I, I want to ask you a question, so Julia, you know, tell us about your life story. I think every successful, you know, men or women, they must have a up and down, you know, a very um, challenging uh, life because nobody is gonna go through and nobody gonna rise to the top without any challenge. And I'd really like to hear your story and the challenges, the lessons, you know, who in inspired you, you know, tell us. Yeah, no, thank you, Elizabeth. And uh, uh, I, I grew up in China uh, and, uh, and uh, I was born in Shanghai, had most of my schoolings in Beijing. And you know, one of the things I always reflect on is that very different than United States. When I was growing up in China, there wasn't this, um, there wasn't this kind of a, a meme out there that girl cannot do well in STEM. You know, in fact, that if you want to make into top colleges, you have to be great at math and physics and chemistry. Anyone who grew up in China, you know, knows this. So one of the things when I compare that experiences to, you know, what I see now here in the United States, I, when I was growing up, I really didn't feel like there was the ceiling. There's something that a girl cannot do. In fact, you know, you, know, you ask, you talk about people who inspire me. Some of the people who inspire me, even way back then in, um, you know, when I was going to school, was, um, you know, other, other fellow students in my high school. And one of the women, one of the girl back then, uh, she was one of the first participants of the Mass Olympiad, you know, representing China. And when gold medal, like Kafu score, she was the first one who did that. Uh, and I will also say that I was inspired by my mom, who was a, uh, um, she helped build one of the first computer printing system in China, worked, you know, in Beijing University. Both my parents worked in Beijing University, which I know, like, Elisa, that's where you went to school. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I think the fact that she was an engineer and then, you know, she, that was something she really enjoyed also was inspiration to me. And I will say along, along my kind of a journey, I have been inspired by many different people, um, role models, people I really learned from, people I was inspired by the generosity. Um, also, I will say like, you know, like I just, as before I go tell more about my story, I just want to say thank you for everyone, all the volunteers you inspire all of us. You're putting your, you know, your hours to help the community. It's your selfless contribution that makes the community better. So thank you so much. Um, kind of going back to my story, um, after I finished high school, I actually, uh, my parents sent me over to, um, I actually came to the US to attend undergrad. And this is in the late 80s. 
And for, you know, I, I don't know the audience is probably young, but uh, back in the late eighties, there was uh, when I left China, uh, I think food was still rationed a bit. You still have a liang piao back then. Um, and uh, there were, you know, the universities here are not, I went to University of Washington uh, in Seattle. There were almost no undergrad, you know, from China back then. And there were very few graduate students from China back then. So it's a, you know, the student mix is very different than today. And I will say, you know, like, I think that my time in university was probably some of the most difficult because when I first arrived here, you know, unlike the students today growing up in China who has this very high fluency in English, um, I barely speak English. Um, and uh, I remember walking into my first class in the university. It was a overwhelmingly, you know, intimidating experiences. You know, I didn't know what the professor was talking about. I was really trying to figure out what the homework is. Uh, it was a lecture hall of 400 or 500 people because, you know, University of Washington is a huge state school. And you look around, you know, I don't see many Asian faces at all. Uh, it was just, just like, wow, I don't even know where I can get any help from. And, uh, you know, later on, obviously, earning tuition is also a challenge. Uh, you know, undergrad, as, a, as an undergrad international student, uh, I have to pay, you know, full tuition and as an international student. Um, so, you know, I was not only attending school, but also working quite a bit at the same time uh, in order to earn the tuition. So, you know, I think that I, I really think that those four years in undergrad really shaped sort of like, you know, kind of my people talk about grit. You know, I think that really helped me with grit. Uh, because, you know, I have to excel in school. Uh, I know that was critical. And at the same time, also making sure, like, you know, I have time to work, to earn a living, etc. Uh, I feel like everything else after, you know, once I went into work, everything else is much easier in some ways compared to the early days as, you know, as the poor international students trying to really understand the language, understand the culture, you know, learn the college curriculum and really, you know, really trying to earn a great grade, all of those things at the same time. Uh, I joined Microsoft right after university and, uh, and I have been with Microsoft ever since. So I've been with Microsoft for well over 25 years, which is, I know, very uncommon, especially I know we have a lot of audiences from the, from the Valley as probably in think of. And, uh, you know, I, I will say that Microsoft has been a pretty special place for me. Uh, you know, I think along the way, I really see the company invest in me and is willing to do things out of, out of the ordinary to support me. So I joined as a developer and I was able to rise very quickly to, you know, first level manager, you know, to lead a small, you know, team of developers. Um, and later on, you know, I was the dev manager when we rebuilt the, you know, the .NET and the Visual Studio stack on the current what people know as .NET. Uh, and I was then manager for Visual Basic, which was very popular back then. So we rebuilt, you know, the IDE, the compilers, the debuggers, the project system, you know, like really the super nuts of what people know as Visual Studio today. And after that, I had a variety of different roles in the developer division organization. This is a space I personally love uh, because I am a developer. I really feel I relate to my customer, which is very important. Um, and that's the other thing I think is super interesting that this is the one space that changes so quickly. 
you know, like today, you know, if you think about it, we, everyone talk about, if you're in the tech world, people talk about, you know, PyTorch and TensorFlow. It, these are really three, four year old technologies and people talk about them like, you know, they have been there forever. Kubernetes is what everyone is adopting. And that's like a four or five year old technology. And we talk about it as if it existed for 20 years or something. And then I just see new innovations. The pace of the technology innovation is so quick. And I think that, you know, staying in the developer area really keep me alert and challenged and interested and, you know, intellectually stimulated. So uh, I think it's a super fun space. Um, and, uh, and a couple of things that I really appreciate that Microsoft has done for me is that uh, almost exactly 10 years ago, between 2009 to 2011, uh, I decided to go back to China, to Shanghai, and work out of Shanghai for a couple of years. So I really appreciate it that, you know, even though most of my team is in, you know, in Seattle area, uh, I was, I kind of, patron, I kind of sent myself back, uh, and I was also helping um, Microsoft build our development organization in Shanghai. So it was really awesome that I get to really learn the the new culture because I've left China for so long, you know, learn the customers and, you know, learn the, you know, help build a really awesome engineering team there. Um, and also at the same time, uh, you know, try to help my son learn Chinese, which is important. I think I, I probably, a lot of Chinese parents here probably relate to that. Uh, and uh, the other thing I think that is, uh, uh, you know, like actually after I gave birth, right after I gave birth, that's, which is even earlier, that's 2002. Uh, I really appreciate that, you know, I kind of told Microsoft that I want to work part-time and they let me. And I realized I was on, you know, I discovered email alias that I realized I was five people on the earliest kind of pilot program of a part-time work arrangement at Microsoft. Because if you think about it, you know, for someone to work part-time, you're, you actually have an IT system to support it. You have to figure out how to pay them you know, part-time. You have to figure out how your stock vesting changes and all of these things. Um, so I was actually very appreciative that you know, they gave me the flexibility to do these things. When I kind of made the demands almost, uh, made a request, they were willing to really go out the way to accommodate. Uh, and that to me was really a very important part of a company that shows that they really value their employees. Uh, so that's something that I really personally really appreciate and valued. And then, you know, um, as uh, Daniel mentioned uh, later on, uh, I become corporate vice president. I was leading development teams. Um, today, I think that, you know, one of the things that I'm really proud of, you know, one of the accomplishments I would say is that I feel very proud that I kind of changed developers' perception about Microsoft. Because if you think about, you know, like back in 2012, 2013, what people saw that Microsoft, um, I know in the Bay Area, people refer Microsoft as the evil empire. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I think that, you know, I think our formal CEO had a famous term, which is, you know, about something very unpleasant about open source that he said, which I will not repeat here. It was enough press coverage on that. Um, and then as really trying to get into the cloud business, winning you know linux workload winning open source developers is critical and then so i think that unfortunately you know microsoft started with a very deep hole that we were in that we have to very busy you know dig ourselves out and i really felt that was something that me and my team uh done a pretty good job of helping microsoft change the developer perception so yeah so that's kind of like my journey you know life journey in the in the nutshell 
Wow, and Julia, you answered many questions. I was going to ask you the the life and work integration. You already answered that you did part time. You went to China and then you tried to let your son to learn Chinese. And one thing I discovered though that my father graduated from Beijing University as well. So I think I I didn't know that maybe you know your, your our parents uh, were from the mother. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And then. My inspiration was my father as well, that, that who really taught me that, that I can wear the pretty dress at the same time play with the boys and play the mud in the, with the boys. So I agree with you that uh, we probably about the same age that we, when we grow up, girls and the boys are, were equal. That the, there's nothing that the, the boys do that uh, we couldn't do and Ibri decided to do that. Uh, we compete with the guys in the classroom and we never, I never felt that if I were the only one in a, in a classroom or anyone, because we, I started physics. I never feel like it's weird. It wasn't weird because that's just the norm. I totally agree. I, 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 you know, this is the one thing I feel a little bit sad about where the American culture is. You know, like, you know, the women in STEM, it has such a stigma associated with it. Uh, yeah. I'm certainly hoping that the audience is here and you know with everyone's effort we can break through on that yeah absolutely that if you have a daughter especially your father tell your daughter that they can do whatever the boys do and still wear the pretty dress i think that was the best advice of my father gave it to me like julia were inspired by her parents as well i think that from the very beginning if you if you tell your your kids that they can do whatever they, they want, then sky is the only limit. Thank you for 